Growing your business is tough, but don't worry, we've got you covered. We interview industry experts on how they've solved their most challenging business problems in SaaS or e-commerce. No fluff, just step-by-step playbooks to help you dominate your market and crush the competition. This is the How We Solve podcast. Here's your host. Welcome to another episode of the How We Solve It podcast. Today we have Paul Klein from paulkline.net. He's a positioning expert, entrepreneur, and business consultant. And he's also the host of the Pricing is Positioning podcast. Paul, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you, David. Thanks for having me. Of course. Pleasure. And what, which problem are we solving today? <laughs> My favorite, pricing. We, we all struggle with pricing and uh, I believe pricing has a direct reflection on your positioning in the marketplace. And so if you are trying to sell a Corvette and you have a price like a Corolla, <laughs> it's not going to work. So pricing is my sweet spot where I like to help people uh, maximize their value, get those higher rates that we all want. It's definitely something that has a crazy impact on, you know, which customers you, you, you attract and how your profit margins are looking, et cetera. But it's also a very, very tough not to crack and a scary thing, you know? So I'm, I'm really looking forward to digging in. Do you want to give us your, your elevator pitch on, on what you do with Parkland or that? I don't know if I have a real elevator pitch, but I mean, you know, many in your audience probably struggle with charging, you know, what to charge, how much to charge. And, but most people I find that I work with just undervalue their expertise, their products and services, and they just don't value it. You know, for one reason it's because it comes easy to us. I'm guilty of that. And I'm sure you are David, cause you've, you, you had a swipe, uh, you know, quite successful businesses. And in those businesses, you know, we take it, you know, we take it for granted because it comes real easy to us. And it's like, and so we have a tendency just kind of subliminally to devalue that. And so what happens when we, when we want to try to get those higher rates and so forth, we sometimes just kind of get inside our own head and don't, um, everybody, you know, everybody don't, knows that, you know, it's common knowledge, yeah. I'm going, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, I'm geeking out on this for, for 20 years and I have relatives that have no idea what I'm doing because it's, they just can't get it, you know? So it's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm definitely guilty of this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we all are. And so, you know, I love what Alan Weiss says. I don't know if you know Alan Weiss from Million Dollar Consulting, but you know, the first sale is to yourself. And, you know, um, if you don't value your services, neither will the market. And I believe there's, there's a, a sub, subliminal, uh, mental, some kind of thing there. You know, you, you have a tendency, whatever the vision is in your mind, if you think you're not worthy of those higher rates, then your actions and behaviors happen. And it's, it is, you know, sounds corny and, and, you know, my mindset, but really you've got to have an unwavering confidence in what you're doing and really put your um, faith in the people you've served in the past. You know, what I try to do when I go into a sales call or a, a, a position where I might not be as co- uh, confident mindset wise, I think about all those wins, those people I've helped, those great moments I've had successes. And then I find my body language and everything just kind of follows that and helps me get to the finish line, you know, cause it's, it's all about mindset. You know, you've got to have that swag a little bit. Yeah, that definitely makes an impact. I've one, I jumped from the, in Vegas, it's the sky needle. No, what's it called? Like this, this tall building where you can jump down. Like it's like a kind of a bungee jump. Oh and yeah. Whenever I'm, I'm, I have like a confidence issue or like something that I'm not, you know, have a hard time actually executing on. Then I think back to this, like, Hey, I jumped from this, this building. So that's, you know, kind of <laughs> muster confidence. That's and, piece, uh, piece of cake. Yeah. 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 And the other thing that can help too is remember, you know, people and your clients, your customers, they're, they're paying for results. 
They're paying for outcomes. They're not paying for time. And that's the biggest thing is I don't know how many people bill by the hour, but that is an absolute atrocious way to get paid for your, your um, expertise in this knowledge economy that we're in. It's so antiquated and old. I really, you know, uh, plead with people to get away from billing by the hour and move to charging for value and focus on the outcomes and um, results. results. Exactly. Give us a little bit of a backstory. Like when did you start getting into this whole, whole thing? <laughs> well, I, uh, last 10 years I've run my own, I have a SaaS business and a, um, my own consulting business in 2009. I had that traditional, you know, career, good job, $150,000 a year, steady job. I was 40 years old. And in the peak of the recession, all I had to do was ride out till I was 55. I could retire, but I absolutely hated it. And it was just, it wasn't for me. It was a traditional work model doing what I uh, thought was the secure, safe and secure thing. You know, you don't want to leave the secure job because you're supposed to be here and you know, I had a family and everything, but I finally had it. I said, you know, I, life's too short, man. I gotta, mm-hmm. I gotta, I gotta make a jump. So I, I jumped in this consulting world and I had kind of been dabbling it on the side. You know, I started doing some stuff on the side and then I just, I just jumped off once I had some things in place, um, left that day job and started my first consulting business and built it into a high six figure building business right from my home. And, and through that time, through that 10 years, I, I mean, I must've priced and bid thousands and thousands of jobs, you know, fortune 500 companies to mom and pops to solopreneurs. And I just started seeing some commonalities. And so pricing really became a kind of a passion. So I started reading about it, learning more from the great pricers, Rowan Weiss, Ron Baker, Blair ends another great one. And just and it kind of all clicked, you know, and it, it's like, it, it kind of put things I was doing intuitively were actually based in behavioral economics and, and different, um, you know, uh, philosophies in pricing. And, and so I just started soaking it all up. And, and now I, uh, I really help people get over those, those hurdles, because that's the other thing I noticed too. I was kind of always helping people. I go, man, you're only charging that. I mean, what you're providing mm-hmm. is like way up here, you know, you're providing a Corvette level of service, but again, you're, you're charging that Corolla rate. I go, I mean, you need to get those things in line. And so I found myself just kind of helping. And then, um, in May, 2018, I, I started my, uh, my personal brand to, uh, pivot away from my consulting, uh, businesses and, and go into uh, helping other coaches, consultants, or aspiring high ticket consultants. So they can start their own six or seven figure small, as I like to call them. Awesome. So let's, let's get right into it. How do you figure out your pricing for your service? What are the steps? Well, the first step is you've got to identify which, which type of ber- uh, service business you want to be. You know, there's basically three types of business. I'm sure you've heard of it before. There's a commoditized service business, a productized service business, and a customized service business. And you don't want to be regarded as a commodity. I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're competing on Fiverr, you know, or against those kinds of things as a graphic artist, I mean, you're, it's, it's a race to the bottom. You're, you're in that Walmart and target kind of level of service. And what you need to do to position yourself is you want to move up to that customized high level, hard to get, you know, high end uh, service. So that's the first step is identifying what types of products and services you have and, and then putting each one into one of those categories. So forget commoditize because we don't want that. 
and productizes um, where you create something once and it serves a one to many relationship. So this could be an online course. I know you have an online course that would be a productized service, eBooks, things that you create once that can serve many people. And then in your customized service, that's high level. That's where that's, that's like the difference between a track home, you know, where they're building, you know, production homes, you know, they're all the same. They're cookie cutter or cars versus a high-end hot rod or a high-end house that's really customized and tailored to that, that, that specific buyer or client's needs. And that's really where you want to be. Um, number one is, is a customized uh, service-based business to command those higher rates. You, you also have a SaaS business. So um, how do you see this working? I, I guess it's pretty much the same thing for a, a SaaS offering, right? Or, or a product that you sell or a car that you sell, right? Yeah, we, we played that game with, um, well, a lot of SaaS's do and a lot of them, some, some SaaS companies are okay. We'll, we'll provide the software for free or the free freemium, uh, model. And then we'll, we'll sell hardware and other things on the back end. But our, our problem was we didn't, we're not selling equipment. We're not selling anything. So we solve a very particular problem. And so we positioned ourselves away from freemium, from, 399 download from volume to a customized um, client based. You know, it's a very, it's a very long on ramping period and it's a very customized service that we do. And so it's, it's, it's five to six figure contracts. Typically it's not a $4 app that you're billing down. So we're, we're in that, that higher end space in the SaaS where it's not for, based on volume or notoriety in the marketplace. It's for a very specific niche. And we talk about niching down and having a very specific focus for a certain set of clients. And to those clients, it's gold to everybody else. They wouldn't understand it, but to those clients, those specific clients and really more important, really matters and they can afford it. They have the the funds. So it's a really sweet spot that we, we identified with our SaaS and definitely a customized, it's a productized service in, in a sense that we can take the, the core is with any SaaS business, but we also customize and tailor and do some customization for each client based on, you know, their particular needs. Is it, is it development time or is it more of a consulting around the... Both, the but usually, you know, yeah, usually, you know, someone wants a button different here. They want a different set of reports that, that come with the standard package. So we build in um, additional additional programming and um, customization work into each pack. We have like tiers of packages, you know, and, and like an enterprise, more like an enterprise package kind of thing that you might be mm-hmm. familiar with. Okay, cool. So... And I guess for these niche, as you mentioned, uh, the customers in this niche, they really value what you have to offer. So it's kind of like, how do you figure out, how do you price it? You know, based on how much value they, you deliver them, I guess. Yeah. It's all about pricing uh, based on value, you know, identifying a niche and a market uh, and, the, and, and specifically the market segment and then looking at it from their value. So we, in our, our SaaS business, we serve more organizations than individuals. So these are organizations that, you know, you know, uh, have million, if not uh, billions, of, uh, not billions, but I mean, millions of dollars of budget every year. I mean, at least in an annual budget. So they can spend, you know, a five or six figure contract. So it's all about the value that it brings to that organization. And it's not your perceived value or it's not selling to your own wallet. It's selling to your client's wallet, to your client's value and what it brings to them. And, you know, our software really 
cuts down on staff time. So by utilizing our tools, instead of having multiple staff doing duplicate data entry, um, manual stuff, it all automates all that and puts it in one repository, similar to like QuickBooks Online or, you know, other, other SaaS products or uh, what is it? Salesforce is a great one. I mean, that's, you know, it's not cheap, but it solves a very um, specific set of problems for a lot of organizations. And that's why it's how you, expensive. How do you communicate this value to, to them? Is like, you kind of show like this, you know, we saved X hours because you did this and therefore we, you know, we just saved you a million dollars or like, how do you actually, is there ways to show this in, in the SaaS or is to show like, you know, kind of like how, how do you communicate this to the customer? So they go like, yeah, absolute no brainer. I'm, I'm going to go with this. Yeah. You've got to have what's called the value conversation. So um, Ron Baker and implementing value-based pricing, Blair ends and uh, pricing creativity talks about this, what's called the value conversation. And that's really about not focusing on your, solutions. You know, everybody dives into solutions. Hey, I've got this uh, solution that can solve this specific problem. What you do is you shift and you find out more about what that client's needs are and their outcomes and then tailor your solutions. Maybe your solution doesn't fit, but there's a whole nother set of service packages or products that you could provide because after the conversation, you find out what they really need is, is, is something totally different. And they may come to you wanting your, your, the solution they think they need, but after you have the conversation to them, it may be, it may be cost savings. It may be revenue gains. It may be something totally different. And if we just focus in on our solution and just, and, and just have a, uh, what's it called? A, uh, a narrow minded um, scope with those conversations, you can, you can miss out on, on other opportunities to provide value to that client. And that's where I think we, we, we miss out, uh, out on a lot of opportunities that way. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally makes sense. Just thinking about like how to, you know, because when when you pitch one of these clients, you probably compete with a bunch of other guys in the in the race. So kind of how do you make sure you you stand out and you know somebody may not have the same approach as you and sell on value. Maybe they sell on you know, from, from their own wallet and just like make it super cheap. Like how do you, how do you compete with these guys? Yeah. Well, that's what, that's what sets you apart in having a value conversation. Cause if what we mostly do is a potential client comes to us, said, Hey, I want to buy your SaaS or your product. And then we say, okay, here's the pricing sheet or here's our big old proposal. that has all this information that nobody cares about in <laughs> they all just skip to the back page for the pricing and they're just they're just comparing you to uh, you know as a commodity you know okay i'm going to pick this one or this one by engaging and developing a relationship with the client and having that value conversation and really diving deep into their needs now you 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 do two things. You establish a very good uh, relationship. You set yourself apart because now you're not just treating the client like another, you know, commoditized arrangement. You're actually diving deep into, you're having a conversation with them that, yeah, you're having a real conversation. It's totally separate from what the other vendors are providing. And that'll set you, uh, set you apart from, from your competitors. And then it also puts them at ease because uh, you're really building that relationship and focusing on what their outcome is, um, which may be your product. You know, that's the thing. You got to put your product on the shelf and go, okay, what, what is the specific yeah. problem you're trying to solve? And, and then Just, uh, yeah, and really focus there. on the customer and, and sell out of love is what I always say to kind of really make sure that you have the customer's best interest at heart. And even if you're not the right solution and tell them like, Hey, I think we're not the perfect fit. And then kind of exactly. Yep. Move yeah. On. Do, you, do you have a framework or like a question set that you kind of like, 
give your customers or you know that you use in these these conversations where you really want to drill down to see what value you provide to the customer to communicate this to them? Do you have like a set of questions, like a cheat sheet or something like this that people can use? I, I don't, there's a couple different ones that are out there. Um, you know, Blair, ha- Blair has the, um, Blair ends has, um, the value conversation, you know, that really takes you through that. And he's really a really good uh, resource. If you really want to get into the value conversation and, and, and that Jonathan Stark has one, it's very similar. It's called the why conversation, but the whole premise is really, you know, it's all about finding out what that client's needs and outcomes are and not just plug in your solution in there to get the contract. And that's the basic premise, you know, and, and really again, focusing on that value to them. And then when you do propose, once you've gathered all that information in the value conversation, you, you have an idea what, what their um, outcomes are and everything. Now, when you, you do provide your pricing, instead of just providing one pricing in what Ron Baker says, you're, when you only provide one pricing option, you're basically giving the client an ultimatum mm-hmm. and they're, you know, what you want to do is you want to give them three options or what we call good, better, best pricing. We see this all the time in car washes, Starbucks, <laughs> McDonald's, you know, it's always three uh, pricing options because we like to uh, make a value decision in our own mind that we, that empowers your clients to, to make the decision. And what that, what happens is they end up making a decision, not based on, you know, should I work with David, but how I'm going to work with David because David's now provided three options. I can either, I can buy the, the Corolla. I can either buy the Lexus or I can buy the Bentley, you know, and, and in your service offerings, each one of those would have different deliverables, um, customization packages, whatever it is. And it allows your clients a lot more flexibility to engage with you rather than just giving them one flat price. That's so, so that's true. My, my, my wife just had, had this problem. She, just started a company here in Turkey, which builds um, like wood cabins and wood houses and, you know, like glamping type stuff. It's, it's kind of uh-huh. hippie right now. I don't know how she got the idea, but she's passionate about it. So, you know, we invested and she's, she's doing this right now. And the guy uh, who does the execution of it, he brought a customer, an old customer of his. And the guy really just 100% wanted to work with them. He just wanted to figure out, as you said, how to work with them. And they gave him only one price and this was too high for him. And this was like kind of like giving him an ultimatum, you know? And yeah, exactly. He just told me the same thing. We, I can never just give them one price. We have to give them options. So exactly what you said, I took a note to talk to her about this again, like really give, give them the option. Yeah. Give, give them, yeah. Give yeah. them options. And one thing I advocate is when you give them a low option, like say a price, because if they're a price, conscientious buyer or they're really comparing you as a commodity in your low option. What I do is I always, I put hundred percent up front. You can't have it both ways. You can't have a low price and flexible terms. So what I do is I adjust my terms and my options. The high price will have more flexible terms in favor of the client. It'll also have more deliverables and more value to them, kind of like a Bentley. But if they want that low price because they just want the bare bones uh, service offering, then I then I I make the terms more favorable to me for the lower price. So you can play with that in a lot of different ways mm. to really um, structure it. And then it's all it's called good, better, best pricing, and that's really 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 works well and has increased my engagements over the years. I've tried one option, two option, four options, no options, and just three is three is the sweet spot and it really really works well that's awesome do you, do you have some material uh, on this because i'm always want to see if we can provide something for the for the audience that they can you know swipe files whatever even if it's on your website happy to link there so people can can get it 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We've got the um, product pricing roadmap that you can get at paulkline.net. And it's uh, really a, a fillable worksheet that is has a product ladder. So you can really identify your whole brand's pricing. Most people splatter pricing all over the place. And sometimes other offerings can cannibalize your lower offerings or vice versa. So I really advocate for creating a value ladder for all your products and services. So everything fits together. It's just like Apple, you know, Apple, we, we bought the iPod then we bought the iPhone, then the iPad, then the Mac, you know, and, and it, you just went up that ladder in value. It's the same thing for your brand. So the product pricing uh, roadmap does that for you. And then I have option sheets. So you can take any one of those products on your ladder and then now create your options. Uh, I have a two option, three option, and four option. And then you can list, you can use it. I print those out all the time when I'm getting ready to uh, send out an email proposal. And I'll say, okay, with this client, I'm going to provide this, this, and this for option one. Then I'm going to add this, 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 and this more. And it just really helps you map out those options before you go into a sales call or discovery call or or make a proposal. That's that's, that's pretty awesome. I'll definitely learn something here that I'll make good use of. Also, in terms of options, people love having options. You know, there's this this old old saying like if you if you ask a girl out for dinner, you know, if you ask like, do you want to go out to dinner with me? She has a yes or no. That that's her option, right? But if you say like, hey, you want to go to a Greek or an Italian place tonight? Yeah, you know, like exactly. she still has an option, but like you don't really care where, where you go. <laughs> so, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like controlling. It's controlling the comparisons, and um, and you you know you can influence those decisions and help your clients engage with you easier. And that's a great great example. I ran. I've traveled a lot, so for my clients, and one thing that irks me about enterprise rent a car. Anytime you rent from enterprise, that's what they'll ask you. Do you want the uh, road hazard insurance package A or package B? I'm like, I don't want any of them. <laughs> but they, they always phrase it the same way, same way you did. And cause they're trained, they're trained in that way. Cause most people will, will then pick one of those options rather than say no. So there's psychology uh, behind that. <laughs> Absolutely. Very cool. So what's the next step? So we already had identified the type of service that you have price on value, control the comparison we just talked about, and then uh, what's, what's the next step? The last one's anchoring, anchoring. So just like your, um, your date, you know, do you want to go, which, which restaurant you want to go? Not, do you want to go out on a date? And we say always anchor high and anchoring is based in behavioral economics. It's been proven. And when you, when you say, see, or hear a price, whether you're a buyer or a seller, that that price or that amount will, will always anchor the discussion or the value in the client's mind or the buyer or the seller's mind throughout the conversation. So I have a, I do workshops where I teach people how to you know go into consulting and so forth. I usually limit them to 12. And what I'll do in the workshop is I'll divide the class in half, half, uh, six on the left, six on the right. And I have two, um, a question that I'll ask the students and I'll say, I'll say, okay, uh, what do you think the billable hour uh, for all the con- the average billable hour for all consultants is in this room? And then one one group of six will answer that. But then I anchor the second group with this question. I'll say before I ask them the average billable rate, I'll say, "Do you think the average billable rate in in this room will be higher or lower than five hundred dollars?" And then I it's ask them revolve the, around five hundred, right? And the other ones going to be yeah. Over the place. So in anchoring works, even when you know it's being done to you, because I tell them and inevitably every time I do this, the group that I anchored with the $500, their average billable rate, I've got it on my wall here. Last time I did it, group B, which that had the anchor was $1,840 an hour on average. 
the A group that didn't have the anchor, their average billable rate um, they estimated was $200. Uh-huh. So it, it dramatically, and the same thing can happen when you're making a proposal, an email, a discovery call, uh, you know, uh, say a price, you know, just, you know, after you get off, say, yeah, I think that's going to be around 50,000 to $75,000. And then you just kind of go silent, let that sink in. And then when you come back and you're at 35, 45 or something, good with the ball, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So it's a, it really does work and it, and it, uh, and it works in reverse. If you're buying something, even if you're buying, you know, most people say, Oh, hold, you know, don't, don't make an offer, especially like a, you're, you're buying something used or Craigslist or whatever, and you're going to make an offer. You know, most people say, don't you know, make them come up with a price first. Cause you might leave value on the table. Well, you can anchor and you can anchor it low. You can say, well, this is only worth $25. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, now the whole discussion is based on that and you, you control that uh, much better and, and, um, and anchor that and anchor that value. So that's step four, always anchor high, especially if you're on the customized service level business, um, do it verbally, do it in an email, do it before your discovery call. That way, you know, you set the bar for those higher rates that you will, um, you know, you want to demand that you want to, that you want to get, you know, that we all want to get. Is there like a rule of thumb on like kind of like what's too high or does it really depend on the value that you provide or do you look at the competition or like kind of how do you yeah. go about that? So it's like, you know, especially when you start out that you're not getting laughed off the, off the floor, you know, that's it. It's okay. A lot of it is you can, you can, um, anchor absurdly high and yeah, a lot of them will laugh and go, Oh, you know, you're, you know, you're ridiculous, but it, it, um, it, it doesn't seem to hurt it from the studies I've read and the books I've read on it, you know, and, and I've tried it uh, in different ways, but I, I usually try to anchor, you know, if I'm, if I'm bidding a $2,500 project, I'm not going to anchor at, you know, $250,000, you know, that's just, it, it's not the yeah. same product, you know, so ballpark. I try to, yeah, you want to be in the ballpark, but it don't, don't be afraid <laughs> to go high. And then secondly, no matter what you do and none of this that I teach or, or advocate for is, is to manipulate what at the end of the day, whatever you charge has to be a little less than the value that the client's going to get. So the, the value to the client always has to be greater to make that even exchange of, mm-hmm. uh, of, of a win-win because you know, if, if somebody buys something, the last thing you want is them to feel ripped off or like a used car salesman. Hey, they duped me into this car. I overpaid for could have got it for $5,000 cheaper down the road. No, you want to make sure the value's there and the value always has to be greater than whatever you charge. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and if, and that's where, why you got to focus on that first and not manipulate or take advantage of people. Very cool. Awesome. Do you have um, any tools or books or resources that you rec- can recommend? Well, I, I, um, you talked about the product pricing uh, roadmap. Uh, I also have my um, pricing is positioning podcast. I have about 50 episodes. I got Ron Baker coming on the show uh, soon. So that'll be a great, nice. great show. And then I would recommend his book. I don't have a book. <laughs> I hope to have one uh, work in 2020, but um, Ron Baker's book for more. And, um, and he's probably pretty kind of the godfather on value-based pricing. So he has a book called uh, Implementing Value-Based Pricing by Ron Baker. And then I'd also recommend Blair N's book, uh, Pricing Creativity, more for creative firms, um, maybe in marketing and um, graphic design type stuff. But he, his book is, is stellar, just came out last year. So I'd, I'd recommend both those books. Awesome. Thank you very much. A personal question. I'm, I'm a geek with this. I'm curious if you, if you have a personal mission statement. <laughs> Okay, if you don't have one, I'm just just really curious if you have one. And 
I don't uh, officially have one. I don't officially have a mission statement, but my overarching goal is to eradicate the world of hourly billing. So oh, people can good. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so awesome. if I can, if I can help uh, there's like I said, I mentioned a bunch of names here, other, other people that are in a similar space and we're all, we're all in this world to help you get more value, you know, charge what you're worth and, and get away from that antiquated hourly building. It's, it was invented, you know, 200 years ago by the legal profession and it's not conducive to the internet world, the knowledge economy mm-hmm. that we're all in these days. That's, so that's awesome. my mission. That's my mission. <laughs> Very cool. Thank you very much for coming on the show. I learned a lot and I'm sure the audience has as well. And I have some nuggets to share with my wife. I'm very excited about this. Um, how can people reach you? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm available at paulkline.net. And then I also have um, my Instagram, paulkline.tv or paulkline.tv, Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook, and LinkedIn also. So you can reach out to me on any of those platforms and find me, uh, Pricing is Positioning Podcast or just paulkline.net and uh, have all those links on. I'd love to connect with you. And um, I hope your, your audience found some value in this, at least to, to help them move their ball forward. I'm very sure about about this. Thank you very Mm -hmm. much. Awesome. Thanks for having me, David. Thanks for listening to the How We Solve podcast. Dominate your market and crush the competition with our step-by-step playbooks. Subscribe right now in your favorite podcast player or visit howwesolve.com.